Shout with joy to the Lord. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joy. Know that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Like a welcome you to worship this morning on this fourth Sunday of Easter, also known as Good Shepherd Sunday. My name is Nicholas Gonzalez and I am the associate pastor here at St. Andrew and I pray a blessing on your worship with us today. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.
church, at this time, I want to invite you to join me in prayer as together we confess our sins before God and one another. Let us pray. Gentle shepherd, you guide us in right paths and lead us in the ways of righteousness. But we have allowed our sins of thought, word, and action to direct us. Forgive us, O God, for not following your ways. Forgive us for not remembering that we are the sheep of your pasture. Forgive our failure to listen for your voice. Guide us back to your path, to loving you and loving our neighbors with hope and healing, forgiveness and love. In the name of Christ our shepherd we pray, amen. The good shepherd knows the sheep and lays down his life that his flock may live in wholeness and restoration. Receive the forgiveness he won for you and that I declare to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us join together in the prayer of the day. Shepherd of our lives, guide us to the still waters. Lead us on the right paths. Walk beside us and help us to know that your presence is always with us. That we may do justice, loved kindness, and walk humbly with you. For the glory of the risen Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Our scripture lesson for today, which is also the basis for our message on this Good Shepherd Sunday, comes from King David's words found in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He lead me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. This is the word of the Lord. everyone. I hope you all had a great weekend. Wait a second. There you are. Did you know it was me even though you couldn't see me? I bet you knew it was me before you saw me because you recognized my voice. The Bible says that Jesus is our shepherd and we are his sheep. In the Bible, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. We cannot see Jesus, but we can hear his voice. We can hear his voice when we read our Bible and learn more about him. We can hear his voice when we sing worship songs and praise him. We can hear his voice when we come to church or watch online. We hear his voice and we follow him. When a shepherd leads his sheep, the sheep recognize his voice. The sheep follow the voice of the shepherd because the shepherd protects them and takes care of them. Just like the shepherd leads his sheep, Jesus leads us into eternal life with him. This means we will be with him forever. This week, try to recognize the voice of Jesus. You may not be able to see him, but you can hear him in many different ways. He is protecting you and taking care of you. He is leading you to live a life full of his love. Let's fold our hands, bow our heads, and say a prayer to Jesus. Dear Jesus, thank you for being our shepherd. Thank you for leading us, thank you for protecting us and taking care of us. 
help us to look to you and remember your love for us. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Every year at this time, we begin the fourth week of the season of Easter by celebrating something that has come to be known in the tradition of the church as Good Shepherd Sunday. And today is that day. But before I share some thoughts with you about the 23rd Psalm, which has come to be known as the Shepherd's Psalm, I want to say a special word of thanks to our health care providers, our first responders, to online teachers, service workers, and other essential people who are out there getting the rest of us through the valley of this worldwide pandemic. And to let you know that we're praying for you every day and giving thanks for the risks that you're taking and the loving sacrifice that you're making. I also want to say a word of thanks to our online spiritual leaders of Bible studies, confirmation classes, youth gatherings, and even preschool instruction, as well as those who are providing a shepherd's care through texts and emails and phone conversations, and still others who are extending our service ministries by making face masks and uh, also making sure that food is still moving to those tables where it's needed. And then last but not least, I want to say a word of thanks to those of you who have been praying for our family and especially for my brother, Dan, who received his rest in Christ last Tuesday, confident that he will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so with that, I do want to share some thoughts with you about the best known and most frequently used of all 150 Psalms in the Old Testament. And that, of course, is none other than good old number 23, which, as I said, we refer to as the Shepherd's Psalm. Although in more recent years, those of us who are involved in the ministry of pastoral care have given it another nickname, and that is the Tranquilizer, because of its power to calm our spirits when we're in the valley and the shadow of grief or fear or despair or sorrow with its beautiful images of green pastures and quiet waters. It's a beautiful picture because if you read the other 149 Psalms, you will see that a great many of them begin with the experiences of people whose lives are completely falling apart and in many cases are wondering where God is in the midst of it. And yet in the midst of all of those lamentations that you read elsewhere in the Psalms, in the midst of all of the ones that you hear in the world today, number 23 is this beautiful hymn of trust in which David, who was himself a field shepherd during his young life before he became king of God's people, composed and wrote and captured this image of a wonderful place and a glorious future. Which is why we often used Psalm number 23 at bedsides and at gravesides and in other places where we feel anxiety and fear and sorrow. In some of the other Psalms, uh, God is portrayed as a, a rock, as a, a fortress, as a king, and other things that are all very good. But in number 23, David, the former shepherd, the one-time king, says that Yahweh, the Lord, is my shepherd. And because he is my shepherd, says David, I shall not want. In other words, I will not be in want, or as the Hebrew scholars like to say, I will lack nothing. Not now, and not in the future either. 
And so with that great proclamation, David then begins to paint this beautiful picture of green pastures and still waters and imagery that I've always appreciated all my life. In fact, I can still close my eyes and, and see the picture that hung in my grandparents' dining room of Jesus the Good Shepherd with his flock in that pasture surrounded by a beautiful wooden frame. And yet I also have to tell you that I probably didn't fully get the gist of the 23rd Psalm until I traveled myself into the Judean wilderness. And for the first time in my life, I got my eyes on a literal real-life shepherd tending a real-life flock. And it was there that I discovered that in truth, green pastures were actually very hard to find because it's the Judean wilderness, especially during the summer and the fall. It's the desert. And so one of the things that a shepherd literally had to do was to locate and navigate his flock from one green pasture to another where they could rest and they could find nourishment and they could grow as a result of the shepherd's care. I also discovered along the way that when sheep tried to quench their thirst from fast-moving, swiftly traveling water like the water of a stream or the water of a river, that often they would put their own lives at risk because they would get into that swiftly moving water and they would start to drink and the water would soak into their wool and it would weigh them down and sweep them away because they didn't have the strength to get back out. And so one of the other difficult jobs of the shepherd was to make sure that that didn't happen. All of which is to say that every part of David's picture just brings it all into sharper focus for me as I think about what he was really thinking, what he really meant when he said that he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters where I can quench my spiritual thirst without going down or getting swept away. Every single aspect of David's painting comes from something way down deep inside of him. And his experience as a shepherd of sheep and also as a shepherd of people. And it also comes from his faith that God is the shepherd of his soul. One of the other things I remember is traveling on Route 1 from Jerusalem over to Jericho. And I guess everybody has a Route 1 no matter where you are. And as we traveled on that highway through the Judean wilderness, our guide at one point pointed out a shepherd and his flock, and they were descending a hillside into what looked like a dark and narrow valley after which he would bring them up another hillside to another pasture. And our guide told us that those valleys were the most dangerous, stressful, riskiest places for the shepherd and his flock to be because there were shadows down there and the sheep would get nervous and some of them would want to, to panic and run away. Also, the valleys made it more difficult for the shepherds to spot wolves and wild animals that threaten the sheep, that threaten to do damage, to kill the flock. But the shepherds had two implements, they had two tools at their disposal, one of which was known as the shepherd's rod, which was a little club. It wasn't really very long at all, and it was usually made of metal like iron, or it may have had metal studs around the edge of it. And the shepherd would literally use his rod to beat off those wolves or wild animals. 
And then there was also the staff, which we know today as the shepherd's crook. It was much longer, it was made of wood, it was lighter, and it had a hook on the end of it. Today they come in lightweight titanium with, you know, handle, grips, and, and all the rest. But the staff was used by the shepherd to give the sheep a nudge, to pull them back to the flock when they started to wander away, to detangle them from the brush that they might be entangled in. And so the rod was for the defense of the sheep, the staff was for the safety and the comfort of the sheep. I don't know what exactly David, the king and former field shepherd, might have been going through when he wrote the shepherd's psalm. But I do know that in the context of his experience as a shepherd and as a king, and in the context of my own experience in the Judean wilderness, brief as it was, I think I can finally understand, at least better than ever before, why he would say that Yahweh, the Lord, is his shepherd. And I can understand why we would still say it in our generation to this day, in seasons like this, on days like today, in praise of the one who leads us through the valleys to those places where we can find nourishment again, rest in him again, and growth in him once again, to places where we can quench our spiritual thirst without going under and being swept away. And how he does battle with our enemies whenever we find ourselves in these valleys of, of grief or anxiety or of loss so that we can confidently believe that our God is mighty in battle, which it doesn't say in Psalm 23. It says it actually in Psalm 24. What it says in Psalm 23 is that I will fear no evil. Not that the evil isn't there. It is there. But I will not be afraid of it, even though I walk through the valley, through the shadow, because the shepherd is with me and his rod and his staff, they comfort me so that I don't get stuck in the valley. That is not where the journey ends because by his grace, I get to go through it and onto the next pasture that he provides. And with that, and I don't know if you've ever noticed this before or not, the metaphor in Psalm 23 actually changes and the emphasis shifts from the present and onto the future. Now, beginning at verse 5 and to the end of this trusting him, the Lord isn't our shepherd anymore. Now he's our host at a table in his house that is prepared before me in the presence of my enemies so that now they are on the outside and they are looking in and they can no longer harm me anymore. And there he anoints my head with the oil of gladness. He fills my cup to overflowing. And with that, David puts a cap on this beautiful hymn by saying, for sure, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell at that table, in that house, with Yahweh, the Lord, and the family of God forever. And so I also remember 
how when we finally made our way across Route 1 from Jerusalem to Jericho, we stopped at a restaurant in Jericho to have lunch. And as we were getting off the bus, one of our travelers came up to me looking a little anxious and reporting to me that there was actually a traveler's advisory for Americans not to go to Jericho during that time. And so I took that anxious comment and I went to our guide and I told him about it. And he looked at me and he shook his head and he said, Mark, an advisory is like advice. He said, we have great falafel in this restaurant and I, I've got a table for all of us. And besides, he said, I know everybody in this village and you have nothing to worry about. And so with that, we went in, we sat at the table, and we had a wonderful meal together. Why? Because I trusted my guide who got us through the wilderness and beyond the valley and to our place at the table where we enjoyed our life together in the family of God. All of that. Every single bit of what I just said is context for the words of Jesus in John chapter 10. When the rabbi who they thought was a carpenter looks at them, his followers, and says, I'm the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. And they follow me. And I give them eternal life. That's the message for Good Shepherd Sunday. It's the message for the season of Easter. So take the tranquilizer. This one's good for you. And trust in your guide to get you through the valley, to fight your battle, to bring you to the quiet waters and the fresh green pastures where you can be nourished and refreshed, where you can enjoy your life at his table of grace in the house of God where brothers and sisters in Christ will be brothers and sisters with Christ in the house of the Lord forever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
Together, church, we join our hearts and minds in prayer as we pray for the church, the world, and for all of creation, trusting in God to hear us when we call. Almighty God, you are the good shepherd who leads his sheep to everlasting life. We ask that you continue to be with us when we go astray, and that by your power and strength, we may overcome any darkness in our lives because your Son is with us. Guide our hearts and minds to trust and follow you each and every day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, you are the great physician and the Lord of life. Be with those who are suffering from illness and ailments of body and soul. Give them strength to persevere during these times and heal them according to your will. Watch over their families and provide comfort to them as they cling to you. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Lord, we ask you to look with favor upon all those who are in positions of service at this time. For medical and healthcare professionals, first responders, store owners, and employees, and all those who continue to put their health at risk for the sake of others. We also ask that you would be with our leaders at all levels. Guide them in their decisions, and may they look to you for wisdom and strength. Be with them and watch over them and give them strength as they love and serve their neighbors. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, in the midst of this pandemic, there are many who have suffered a loss. Be with those who have lost loved ones or have lost other things in their lives. Give them hope to see that you are in control and you will continue to provide for your people in every earthly need. And may they cling to the promises of hope found in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God Almighty, through your Son, you have kept the promise of the ages and rescued us from sin. You have taken us from out of the darkness and into the light. As we dwell in the house of the Lord, help us to live according to your word. 
and give us hope each day as you lead us to life everlasting. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, into your hands we commend all for who and for what we pray, trusting in you, one God, now and forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Together, we join in the family prayer of the church just as it has been taught to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Receive this blessing. May the God of peace who brought from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with all you need for doing his will and may he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and keep you always. Amen.